Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hi, everyone. This is the podcast We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. My name is Christine Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. In this podcast, we're seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating who we want to know more about. Our interview this week is Lisa Govro of the Retrailer Tea Company. She's the head tea lady, as she puts it, and at the time this podcast is being released, Lisa is having a pretty big month. In March, Lisa's going to be launching their Cup of Sunshine Tea, which you can pre-order on their website right now. Lisa started selling tea out of a trailer in 2012, and as their website says, all of their tisanas are hand-blended, the chai is slow-brewed, and the teas are hand-picked and ethically sourced directly from farmers around the world. We always ask our guests to bring a beverage for all of us to enjoy while we are recording. And Lisa brought us some of her chai concentrate, which she had cooked up um, earlier that day. And it's a liquid that's meant to be blended with milk or some other sort of creamy liquid. And holy crap, you guys, I have been stocking up on bottles of this from Larder and Cupboard, and I've been drinking it every morning pretty much for the last month. It's a really nice flavor, um, not too sweet, and has a nice spicy bite to it. So if you're out and about, I think you should go pick some up. That's just my recommendation. Thank you so much for listening, and please enjoy our conversation with Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hi. What's up? Oh, <laughs> just hanging out, drinking some tea. Nice. Well, thank you uh, for coming over and bringing your tea and fixing yes. your tea for us. Yes. I appreciate it. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about what it is you just cooked up? Yeah. So um, I brewed up some of our chai. It's our extra special masala chai concentrate, mm. and uh, it's something that we slow brew every week. Once a week, we slow brew it and we deliver it on Mondays to food service establishments around mm. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty special chai. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, like I said, traditional mas- masala blend. So that means it has traditional heating spices mm. that. Um, are common in chai, which, um, well, okay, so chai is like one of those words that means tea yes. everywhere <laughs> in the world, yeah, <laughs> except yeah. for in the U.S. it means this like sweet, spicy tea. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, but this particular method of chai is traditional to India, mm-hmm. and so it has cinnamon, star anise, peppercorn, allspice, mm. um, ginger, clove, a ton of cardamom and then we um and black tea mm-hmm. and um we are able to preserve a lot of the spice at the very end mm. we finish it with a splash of fresh pressed ginger juice mm. so it gives it a little mm. bit more brightness yeah. um it also preserves the chai a little bit better for us so we have a longer cool. shelf life um and then um it's less sweet so it is mm-hmm. sweetened but it's less sweet than most chais on the market mm. um partially because uh we 
formulated our chai to be drank just as a chai and not with espresso. Okay. So a lot of chais on the market, like everyone knows Oregon chai, mm-hmm. um, they're upwards of like 20 grams of sugar per serving. Ours is seven grams of sugar mm-hmm. per serving. Mm-hmm. And that the reason it is is because when you add espresso to it to make it a dirty chai, it really dilutes a lot of the sugar. Mm-hmm. And so you have to up the sugar to maintain the sweet consistency mm-hmm. when you add caffeine to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but we we blended it and brew it for tea drinkers. Nice. Cool. So. Well, it's very yummy. Yeah. I like it a lot. Thank you. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one's be good like some like chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Actually. Indian dishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like a sweet, like a duck or something, like a traditional, mm. like Chinese, mm. like sweet duck. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. See that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Me thinking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had dinner Getting yet. Ideas. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're hungry. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you could marinate. Yeah, like marinate. Mm. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, or something like that. I mean, like, um, I don't know. Just think about the flavor profile. As you said, like some some kind of bird. Mm-hmm. Some kind of bird. Mm-hmm. You know, and like a yeah. Hmm. Mm. Maybe put it into the breading, like some fried chicken or something like that. Yeah, if you do that, let me know, huh? Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> Get our cooking on. Maybe do a partnership. Invite me over. <laughs> Maybe do a partnership with Bird and Barrel and make some chai nugs. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. Let's get on it. <laughs> so, uh, Lisa, who are you? What do you do in town? Uh, I am an Aquarius. No. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, I am a business owner. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a friend. I you can find me um most coffee shops in the South City. Um, you can find our tea at most coffee shops. In, well, a few coffee shops in South City. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I don't know. That's a really existential question. I, yeah, I, I, I know. I do that. <laughs> and then I get a variety of answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so what what is your tea called? Where can people find this? Uh, well, you can definitely find it online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, also online you can find a list of places that stock our tea. So mm-hmm. we're um, sold around St. Louis in a 40 different locations. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places prepare it um so a lot of food service um places don't actually sell bag tea or retail tea that you could take home um like uh but like for example mud house or foundation grounds or something like that you can drink our tea there mm-hmm. they'll prepare it wonderfully and beautifully and um then you can also buy a bag of tea to take home nice very good yeah all right so back up a couple minutes ago before we started recording you said this all started because of an art project mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yeah. Please tell. Yeah, so um I have I have a love affair with turmeric. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a love affair, it's not like a romantic love affair. Like we're like best friends. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know, like the best mm. friend where you like you like don't see them for years and years and then you mm-hmm. see them again and you just like pick up like that. Mm-hmm. Um but uh it all started turmeric, my love with turmeric all started when I started studying Ayurveda, which is a 5,000-year-old life science that's um, closely related to yoga and meditation. Um, but it, um, I really was fixated on the, the food component of that. So it's all about eating to balance your self and promote optimal well-being mm-hmm. so that you can sit on your ass for a really long time and meditate <laughs> eventually. Um, 
but I think it's a really intuitive science. It's something that a lot of us practice without even knowing, like just mm-hmm. by eating seasonally mm-hmm. and, um, you know, listening to our bodies. Like if you have a t- stomach ache, maybe like eating something that's a little bit more bland or softer mm-hmm. on your tummy sure. or... Yeah. Um, if you feel like you're getting sick, maybe like spicing it up a little bit and mm. adding some heat to your system to sort of mm. like sweat out the toxins. Interesting. Um, those are all like really natural things that we do anyway without maybe knowing why we do them. It's mm-hmm. just a sort of intuitive knowledge that mm-hmm. we have about yeah. food. Mm. Um, but turmeric in general is like, I say it's the best friend that you never knew you had. Mm-hmm. So turmeric is... A whole list of things, um, but the, on top of the very top of the list, it's anti-inflammatory, it's antibacterial, and um, immune building. There's over 600 clinical studies right now happening in um, the U.S. and worldwide um, about ways which you can use turmeric to cure cancer and, and mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, and it's just a very, very powerful medicine um that is largely underlooked in western society Mm. so like oftentimes when you think turmeric you think curry or indian food or something like that Mm -hmm. um something savory um but turmeric is actually just like a really beautiful floral herb has a beautiful um soft aromatic aroma it has a really light gentle flavor to it um and that's why you associate with something savory because it's often paired with really strong overpowering Mm. herbs that just um, the color of turmeric is very strong and, like, forward, but the flavor of turmeric um, is something that we don't really experience the nuance of in, yeah. our, in our diet. Is it a root? It uh, is. Like, it's a like a tuber? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So similar to ginger. Okay. Um, it looks like a nubby finger, kind of, yeah. when you see it. Um, and then you crack it open, and it's just, like, a beautiful ray of sunshine. Oh, cool. It's not in the stores very often, right? Uh, you can find it more and more. Um, mm. Turmeric's really sexy right now. It's pretty mm. in vogue. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Ask any herbalist. No. <laughs> mm. um, but you heard it here first. Yes, it's sexy. Um, but you can often find it in a lot of like um, international grocery. Yeah, I so, figured that. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Global Foods yep. always has it. Okay. Um, mm. Sometimes you can find it at Jay's. Mm-hmm. Um, they started carrying it at like Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. I've seen it at Fields. Okay. Um, they weigh mm. they weigh like jack up the price on that stuff. Sure. Like you could pay like ten dollars for one little inch of a rhizome yeah. or something like that. But Mm. Oh, um, so they actually sell it whole, you mean, not just mm-hmm. powder. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty neat, actually. Yeah, actually, I prefer it fresh. Mm. Um, it's hard to find good, fresh, high-quality turmeric, though. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know where they're sourcing. I mean, I know, like, Global and Jay's, they're getting their turmeric from Jamaica. Mm. I don't know anything else about the mm. source or the origin of the, sure. the rhizome. We have worked with a farm in Hawaii where we've gotten fresh turmeric from. Mm-hmm. Um, that I really trust. Mm. Um, because it's a rhizome, it's really um, vulnerable to pesticides and mm. sort of contaminants in the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really important to know that mm. your turmeric is organic and um, mm. grown and harvested in a mm. sustainable manner. Mm. So. Cool. Do you cook with it too? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What do you do with it? So like fresh turmeric, you could grate with a cheese grater mm-hmm. and just like sprinkle in your rice. When you're in the process of steaming your rice. Okay. It makes your rice this, like, beautiful golden color. Mm. Um, or you could use it as a garnish on salad. Because it has such a mild flavor, 
Um, it often is a really nice splash of color that mm-hmm. you can add um, as a raw, like um, raw little sprinkle. Um, those are the couple of ways that I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can make tea with the fresh root too, of course, um, and that's primarily how I use it. Mm-hmm. I guess you could juice it too. You can. Yeah. Oh mm. my gosh, it's crazy when you ah. juice it. It's mm. just like so vibrant and orange. Oh, cool. Yeah. You should look for that. Yeah, nice. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. And so. Why are you making tea now? Oh, right. So, <laughs> okay. um, so, so like you said, it started as an art project, oh, yeah. but um, it really was a way to promote the health benefits of herbs. Primarily, mm-hmm. not just turmeric, but all of the wonderful herbs that we have mm-hmm. at our fingertips. Um, and to do it in a way that is very low barrier. And so I always say, like, when you go to the grocery store, you see grandma tea, you see hippie tea, mm-hmm. you see new age tea, you see traditional English tea, um, but there's nothing that's just like, ah, it's tea for you, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't shove down your throat, like, the health benefits, but it also doesn't take away that there are health benefits associated with it, mm-hmm. um, and so the whole, like, theory, or the whole, like, um, not theory, I guess, the whole purpose of Retrailer was to, like, be um, an unintimidating way to present tea to people mm-hmm. um, and talk to them about healing benefits mm-hmm. of tea without using jargon that might um, deter people from mm-hmm. learning more about it, like using like holistic or um, any sort of like words that maybe aren't in, in like the average person's vocabulary when mm-hmm. they think about healing. Yeah. Um, and maybe they don't even think they're healing. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I say that our tea's on a covert mission to heal people. Like mm-hmm. our tea's good. It tastes good. It's blended for taste. It's not blended for the healing properties. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but definitely has all of those aspects in it. So nice. Yeah. Do you make every tea? Um, I used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have um, a wonderful person who works with me in mm-hmm. the kitchen and um, in, on a broader scale. Um, Dominique is mm-hmm. her name and she's, she's fabulous. She's worked with me for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, she brews our chai for us. She's the, the, the chai uh, walla. Mm. Um, I needed, mm. once I developed the chai, I needed to find somebody to brew it for me because I'm like an Italian grandma when I cook. I'm like a little bit of this and a little mm. bit of that. Uh-huh. And okay. I was not never able to get a consistent sure. batch. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, she really helped um, bring up the quality of our product. And she actually changed the recipe of the, ch- the chai, mm. like unknowingly by accident. Mm. Um, and now that's the chai that we, now is the oh, recipe cool. we use. Cool. So, yeah. Wow, neat. Yeah. Did she have a career in that beforehand, or is there something just... Well, she um, works in art therapy. She has her master's in art therapy. Hmm. Um, and so she's very, in, and she's a, a tea lover, but she's very into helping people heal um, with non-traditional methods. And hmm. so she, I always say, she, like, made me hire her. Hmm. Uh, she kept on emailing me, yeah. asking wow. me if I needed help. Huh. And at the time, I was working by myself, doing everything by myself, and... Hmm. Um, I couldn't even envision what help would look like. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really glad that she strong armed me. <laughs> and yeah. now she's very, very important nice. in the company. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, some people need that kind of organizational person to uh, help them out. Yeah. Did, totally. I say, did I say organizational? 
Organization, organized, uh, organizational. Someone who's organized, yeah. Someone who's organized. Yeah, we we actually were just we had an interview some right before this, and we had a bunch of whiskey, so I'm kind of. Oh, <laughs> you're God. holding out on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you could actually put a splash of whiskey in here. I was thinking about it, but I said no, I had sure enough. Nice. Yeah, uh, the whiskey's already in me already. I'm just yeah. adding the chai to it now, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. perfect little mixture there. Yeah, I got this warmness in our belly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it, does it have turmeric in it, did you say? There is actually no turmeric oh. in our chai. Um, I have been working on developing a cup of sunshine. That's our turmeric mm. tea that mm. we are most, most, our most popular tea is a turmeric, mm. ginger, peppercorn, cinnamon, mm. tulsi cool. tea. And I have been working on developing a concentrate for a long time. And I just had a breakthrough last week and I like am really excited. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. How many like... different um, types of tea do you have? Uh, right now we have over 20 different proprietary wow. blends. Neat. Um, we're going to do a large scale back and um, cut back to like our original line. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> right now, um, when I first started the company, it was all about herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after we were in business for a little while, we started getting requests to sell tea to food service establishments. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that required me to actually know something about tea. Yeah. Um, and so it took me, I'm not going to, it took me two years of like research and trainings mm-hmm. and um, learning to feel like I was comfortable selling tea mm-hmm. um and so we started our first teas that we started selling were, were awful they were really bad mm. now that i know about tea i'm like i can't even believe we did that to those poor tea drinkers oh, um uh, but yeah. now we are sourcing amazing single origin direct from farm mm. what i call tea teas so camellia mm. synesis teas um really beautiful mm. oolongs and greens mm. and um blacks that are all um, very small batch produced mm. and only available in limited quantities. And so we run mm. like a seasonal um, tea tea menu in addition to our proprietary teasons as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we're sort of like growing up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So like are the teas, are the greens, are those actually international or are they? Yeah, absolutely. They're coming from all over the world. Um, we work with one farm in particular. Um, the most is a Malawi um, we wow. um, just transitioned all of our black tea to a Malawi black tea, mm. um, and we also are offering a single origin iced tea from the same farm in mm. Malawi. Mm. Um, but it's um, the Cholo Estate. It's pr- it's spelled T H Y O L O. It's pronounced Cholo. So okay. Okay. Sure. I always feel awkward saying that, but that's how you say it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and. Um, so it's um the Shire the Shire Mountains of the mm-hmm. of the Cholo region, mm-hmm. and um yeah they're just they're four generational mm-hmm. um, family of tea growers, mm-hmm. and uh, they are sort of paving the way for sustainable growing practices in the region, mm-hmm. and they have amazing benefits and um, labor practices, and so um, that was one thing that I, I learned when I started researching about. TT is that it has a very ugly past and a very ugly present. Um, mm. And so a lot of sure. the teas that we have, we've, we have this um, idea that tea should be a cheap commodity, that we shouldn't have to pay a lot for tea. Mm. Um, and that's because we've been paying for slave labor mm. our whole lives. Our, like the whole life of tea in the West has been slave labor tea. Yeah. 
Um, and so that's a, I mean, obviously I don't talk to people about not buying slave labor, but like, mm. but that's, that's a real thing that's still happening. Mm-hmm. And, and same um, for coffee too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like with every commodity, um, it has an ugly, ugly past. Yeah. And so, um, we are working with an importer right now that's all about transparency and they're one of the first, um, companies of their kind, um, in the tea industry that, we have direct connection to our farms. We can Google chat with the farmer if we want to. Um, They go out to the farms every year and inspect them and evaluate them and make sure that they're living up to their standards. Um, And they're doing like a level of due diligence that hasn't occurred yet in the industry. So it's a very exciting time right now. Are there any like, uh, actually the the tea, can that that actually be grown around here or does it have to be grown in certain climates? So it, it, it has to be, it's hard to, it's a, tea is a finicky plant. <laughs> Let me just continue to rephrase how I say that. Sure, yeah. Um, tea, and I probably will get this wrong a little bit, but um, it takes five years for a tea plant to mature before you can harvest the really? tea leaf. Wow. And so in that five-year time, the, the tea leaf has to withstand frost, or it has to not frost sure. for five years. And so even in really temperate climates in the U.S., um, there's still a high chance of it frosting within five years. Mm-hmm. So um, so there are some areas in the south. Um, Lipton has a tea farm. Um, I believe it's in South Carolina mm-hmm. um, that have been able to grow tea. Hawaii has one tea, fa- one tea farm, um, but it's not something that's grown domestically. Um, and mm-hmm. some, there are a few really great organizations working to make that happen, mm-hmm. um, but it hasn't it hasn't happened sure. yet. Mm-hmm. I just wonder. I was just wonder if there's any kind of local ingredients that could be used in tea or not, or is there anything that really is grown locally that's flavorful or not? Yeah, of course. I mean, but it wouldn't be a tea tea. It would sure. be like a teason, an herb. Okay. Um, and in that case, Missouri. I mean everywhere every plant you go outside you could make a tea with um probably have some most most of the time it will have some positive effect on you um and and maybe half of that time it will taste good um but yeah there um right now we are well it's not a local ingredient necessarily so there's um with our satiwama our malawi black tea um we are we are developing what we're calling a lap, uh, South City Lapsang. Hmm. And so if you're familiar with Lapsang, it's like a smoky black tea. Yeah. Um, it's really thick and flavorful. Um, and so we are using our standard black tea, our hmm. um, Malawi black, and um, we are working with a chef to smoke orange peels for us, hmm. wood fire smoked orange nice. peels that we're blending in with the tea. And so it's not a traditional... Um, preparation of a lapsing it's a south city preparation so cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting cool. hmm. let's talk food yeah <laughs> and drinks yes what are some uh dishes or meals or cocktails or beers you've had in st louis that you think people should know about oh yeah well Every time I go someplace that doesn't have the Civil Life Brown on tap, I'm, that, like, personally offended. <laughs> that, is, that is a really nice beer. Not yeah. hoppy at all. In fact, I guess it has to use some hops in the brewing mm-hmm. process, but mm-hmm. just a really nice wheat beer, just really perfectly brewed. Yeah. Because some people say that, you know, hops is kind of the ketchup of beer. Mm-hmm. You just cover up a bad brewing process. Mm-hmm. I'd say there are, that are very good 
you know, beers that are hoppy. They're made great beers are hoppy, but mm-hmm. some people, a lot of people around here who are beer snobs rave about Civil Life. Yeah, love it. I love their brown ale. Um, I'll probably stop there and pick up a growler on my way home for oh, my husband. Cool. Um, I passed it and I was like, oh, <laughs> since I'm in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for those guys to be growing and expanding and looking forward to being able to get that in more places. And yep, can't wait to share it with people outside of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the time, it's one of our gems, one of our city gems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then food-wise, um, man, I'm like, we're just coming off of the holidays. So I've been violating food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember what like really great like minimal good quality fresh food tastes like <laughs> i know time of year and i mean man i'm all sugared out yeah, yeah. and we have tons yeah. of sugar sitting on the table right now yeah. we got like 20 pounds not that's me but you know like five pounds we got a lot of, of chocolate in our stockings <laughs> <Yes>. uh-huh. <laughs> oh those sweets and stuff so yeah we're kind of yeah. Bulking up for the winter here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's been cold and, and gloomy, and yeah. who cares? January's coming. Yeah. yeah. We're almost there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we are almost to a new year. Well, happy New Year. Happy I guess. New Year. Although at the time, it'll probably be way into 2017. Um, <laughs> what... Can we? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> no one else die, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you have planned in the next year? Oh man, next year is so exciting. Yeah, I'm so what excited. What can you tell us about? Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. secrets, like, couple mm, things. Mm. We do have a lot of tricks up our sleeves. Mm. Um, one thing I'm really super excited about is that um, I finally saw the light in terms of hiring people to help with things that I'm not great at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you have your small business, you're like counting every, every penny and, um, you're like, oh, I can do this myself. And then like eight hours later, you still haven't done it yourself and you hate life and you're like ready to go drink whiskey or something. Um, and so I'm really excited. I have, um, a couple people coming in to help, uh, one of the most beneficial, like, or one of the most, the newest thing that's happening is I have somebody that's going to come in and do our social media for us and take cool. beautiful photos of our stuff. Cool. Um, our teas are beautiful, and I just have never been able to do them justice mm-hmm. in our mm. social media. Mm. Um, and so I'm really, really excited about that and take a lot of weight off of my shoulders. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, I'll, t- I'll spend like an hour photographing a rhizome of turmeric, and mm-hmm. then I still won't use the fo- photo because... Mm just doesn't do it justice mm. um but in terms of product we are going to be launching i can't tell you any like really nitty-gritty details about it but in march we'll be launching our cup of sunshine concentrate like we mm. finally cool. had a breakthrough with it nice um mm. we're finishing up some r&d we've been testing it with our baristas um and i have a feeling it's just gonna be great nice like, really very awesome. very excited about it mm-hmm. yeah so um and Peru is like this is beautiful golden color. Mm. Um, you prepare it like a latte. Um, and so you have this like, well, it's our cup of sunshine. And so you have this like cup of sunshine latte that's just vibrant yellow with mm. the milk. And it's so beautiful. Mm. And it tastes really great. It's mm. spicy. Nice. And, cool. Yeah, naturally Make a sweet. good photo op. Yeah, boom. Totally. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, let me throw something at left field out at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you do when you're not working? Oh, man. Well, so I mentioned that I have a kid. Yes. 
a two-year-old, which mm-hmm. is insane. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. I was actually thinking, I was like, I haven't like hung out with adults, like besides my husband and my family because <laughs> of the holidays in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, because every spare minute I get away from my daughter, I'm working and, um, so we do a lot of, a lot of swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, we do... Like swing dancing? No, like swinging at the playground. Oh. At the park, uh, Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay, I was like, wow. Good yeah. stuff. Because the nice kids young, yeah. but also young. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do a lot of talking, because she's just starting to talk. Um, we do a lot of walking, um, and... Uh, she's really into music, and so we do a lot of a lot of stuff with music too. Nice. So, cool. I feel swinging is very underrated. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, when I find a playground <laughs> that has stuff that will fit me, <laughs> I'm all over that because mm. a lot of them they have those stupid ones that you have to put the kid into, and you're like, my butt will not fit into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's rare to find an adult playground these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. But I am excited. Um, I do come from a background of yoga. I'm um, a very holistic mm. background, and um, it used to be really integrated into my lifestyle, um, but since becoming a mother, it's sort of, like, fallen off, mm. um, and so in 2017, I'm definitely recommitting to myself, mm-hmm. um, and I'm starting in January with a, um, a 10-day meditation, mm. and so it's um, a style of meditation called Vipassana, mm-hmm. um, it'll be my third time sitting, um, and it's 10 days of no talking, no communication, wow. and you, mm. you sit straight for 12 hours, wow. um, you do have some breaks, um, you have breakfast and lunch, um, and then you have tea, tea for dinner, um, but it's a very, very intensive meditation process um and in the past years it's been a like a reset for me to help um wade through all that baggage that we accumulate and that like weighs us down and so I'm very very excited to to take some time to work on myself where do you go to do that um, Vipassana is an international network, and uh-huh. so there are Vipassana centers all over the world. Um, in the U.S., they're usually located in between major cities. Okay. And so the one that I will be going to this time is in Pecatonica, Illinois. Uh-huh. Hmm. So it's north of Chicago. It's in between Madison and Chicago. Oh, really? It's wow. going to be freezing. Like, it's yeah, going to yeah. be so cold. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> so they're specifically located in small-ish communities yeah they're all in rural areas um on like nature reserves or something like that and so um yeah very neat yeah Sounds really interesting wow yeah well, good luck thank you I, I hope you you get what you need out of it i do yeah i'm very nervous it's nothing yeah. that, like it's not like relaxing <laughs> yeah. it's not like i'm going to the spa for 10 days sure it's pretty much like you go and you have a civil war in your brain yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you come out hopefully having some more knowledge yeah interesting okay do you have any specific places in town that you've gone for yoga in the past yeah my um the first place i went to in st louis um for yoga is um the only place i go to Mm -hmm. um it kind of ruined me actually because it was so great the first time i went big bend yoga center there in webster Mm. oh yeah um Mm. kitty is um the instructor she owns Mm. the place um her she her classes are just like one big coordinated dance. Like cool. she's wow. just so connected. It's mm. it's a great place to go. I've never been to that one before. Yeah, mostly one nuns in South City. 
but there are lots of really great instructors around. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, I just recently took a class from Diana Lucas, um, who yeah, does the cool. Grand Basin Yoga. Yep. And um, that was amazing. Um, but Kitty, uh, Kitty's, Kitty's yoga is a little bit um, more like more hatha, mm-hmm. more um, traditional yoga poses. And so it's, or not, not traditional, but um, easier yoga poses. Yes. <laughs> yep. So you can really like work into some deep positions. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah, I'm usually the youngest person when I go to the class. Really? Yeah. Cool. That's okay though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Do you uh, go any place for meditation? I don't. No. Um, actually, Big Ben does host a Vipassana meditation sit um, on Sunday nights. Okay. Uh, but I and I used to go to that. But no, I um, I don't even really do meditation at home as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I do do more what's called yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga nidra is like lazy meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, sort of like guided meditation where you lay down in um, shavasana and um, you go through the mm-hmm. the you go through your body like the like it's like right finger right thumb yeah. right sure, sure, finger yeah, yeah. right middle finger like yeah, you go that, through yeah. every body part yeah. um, and that is a really nice way to relax your brain when you don't necessarily have an environment where you can relax sure. for full yeah. meditation mm-hmm. so yeah I, t- I took some acting classes from a friend uh, uh-huh. who's in, does He's, he's mostly an artist, but does acting on the side as well. But uh, he, we did that, something like that, but for every session. Mm-hmm. To get better know how... You talk about acting, where you basically... Different characters you play would have different parts of their chakra. You're larger and shrinking in. Like, mm-hmm. like Caesar would have his chest chakra uh-huh. like pumped out, and uh-huh. Hamlet would have it sunken in, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And some would leave their head, some would leave lower parts, yeah. or whatever. But just kind of... That's the style. you got to focus your energy to know how to act correctly. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I would love to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that perspective on the chakras. Like, it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell when you're talking to somebody. Or, I mean, if you're, like you said, like, when people have their shoulders sunken in, you're like, oh, man, they maybe really need mm-hmm. to, like, work on something that's going on with mm-hmm. their heart area. Or their voice is really meek, and maybe they need to work on their throat chakra mm-hmm. and, like work on their confidence a little bit more or something mm-hmm. like that. It's all connected. I, I do believe that. I also am very weary of, like, going full-on hippie. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And sure, so... Sure. <laughs> but we did... We did... Um, our T-line is um, aligned with the chakra system. Hmm. And so, like... I was our, just about to ask you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one okay. of those things where um, if you do see a sacred symbol on our T... And you know what that means, and you'll get it. But mm-hmm. we don't want to like freak anybody out by sure. being like, "This is for the heart chakra. It's gonna make you love," or because yeah. sure, it yeah, won't. Yeah. I mean, it's not gonna do that. You have to know and mm-hmm. yeah. work on it. Sure, no, sure. I like that. Did you did that evolve as an idea, or did you know you wanted to do that from the start? Um, it just sort of happened naturally. Really. Um, I started working on. I mentioned that I was scaling back our line of T's, and so we're gonna re-release a line of seven T's. Um. Mm-hmm. There are seven chakras, so each T is aligned with the chakra. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're all original blends, though, and um, they were they. It just so it just happened that we could align a T for each chakra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of you know some of them are more overt than others, like mm-hmm. the cup of sunshine, um, turmeric and ginger are really great for the solar plexus and mm-hmm. vibrant yellow, which is the color of that chakra. Mm-hmm. Um. And so. That one really makes sense. Yeah. Um, our cup mm. of love, which is rose and tulsi, 
um, emanates love. I mean, the name is love, cup of love, so really great for the heart chakra. Mm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't something super intentional, but I guess, um, mm. you know, who knows? I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, let's see. Do you have any special food or drink memories from growing up? Oh. You know, I do, but they're not like, um, they're not super exciting. Yeah. So, um, I come in my, my parents both worked full time growing up. And so, um, my dad made dinner for us on the weekdays mm-hmm. and then, uh, he got off early, he got off around two. And so he would like get home and make dinner and then my mom would get home at five thirty, and we'd all sit at the table and eat dinner. And we always mm-hmm. sat at the table and ate dinner every single meal, mm-hmm. um, which was something that was really weird to all of my friends. And mm-hmm. it was really weird to me that they didn't sit down with their families and have dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad only knows how to make like five dishes well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Every week we would have sp- some version of spaghetti with meat sauce, <laughs> pork chops that were way overcooked, um, tuna noodle casserole, um, just a very, very limited of, like, typical, like, really Midwestern foods. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, and we ate a lot of canned foods. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I, uh, then when I was 19, I grew up in Kansas. When I was 19, I moved from Kansas to Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. And um, I had my first ever organic apple. And I remember, like, biting into that apple and thinking, like, this is what apples are supposed to taste <laughs> Flavor. like. Flavor. Oh, my God. Like, it was, like, <laughs> juicy. And, like, yeah, it was, I, I don't even remember what type of apple it sure. was. Yeah. But it was so amazing. Yeah. And I just haven't looked back mm-hmm. ever since then. I'll never we'll eat another Granny Smith yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to hate tomatoes, and I had like a real, actual, proper tomato that had flavor in, and mm-hmm. just, just yeah, yeah, so different, so yeah. different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very cool. How long were you in Portland for? Oh, I didn't last long. I um, <laughs> I uh, I I was in Portland for maybe four months. Oh, okay. and then I wrecked my friend's car, and we had to move. <laughs> we had to oh, move back to Kansas. Jeez. And, yeah, yeah, but mm. it was, it was, it was, it was good, it was a good time. Cool. Yeah. And then how long have you been in St. Louis for? I've been in St. Louis, so then I um, moved back to Kansas and I, I finished up school at KU, mm. um, University of Kansas, and then I moved to Seattle, and I lived in Seattle for eight years, and I've um, been in St., moved to St. Louis in 2012. Cool. Mm. cool. Very good. Yeah. And here you are. Yeah. And here I am. Boom. Cool. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. yeah. What part did St. Louis have specifically? Um, I live in Tower Grove East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I meant like what brought you here? What you said oh, to... what brought me to St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I was coming to St. Louis to visit my sister who lives mm-hmm. here with um, her husband and her two kids. Um, my family is originally from St. Louis. Oh, I just never wow. lived here um, because my dad works for the Boeing company. And so we just sort of moved mm-hmm. wherever Boeing took sure, it. Sure, yeah. And that's how we ended up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We came here every year for the holidays. Um, and so I've always had a really sweet spot in my heart for St. Louis. Like, all of my aunts and uncles are here. I have a huge... One side's German, the other side's Italian. So I have an enormous family here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just came to visit. My sister is actually moving to New Orleans mm-hmm. from Seattle. I was just passing through town. Um and then I bought a truck and a trailer, and I started selling tea, and mm. one thing led to another, and now mm. I'm married and have a kid, and I wow. live here. Cool. Wow. cool. <laughs> yeah. Neat. If you could pick, uh, what TV game show would you be a contestant on? Oh, man. 
I'm so bad at games. I, like, always lose. And I'm an <laughs> awful loser, too. I'm a horrible, horrible loser. Mm. Um, I've been known to just get up in the middle of a game and walk out. Um, <laughs> let me think. I don't know. I'll have to take a pass on that yeah. one. I don't, I don't okay. have enough knowledge about game shows anymore. That's all right. We'll come back to it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. I wanted to be a scientist. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. yeah. Just a generic scientist, no real focus or... Maybe a mad scientist. I'm oh, okay, <laughs> oh, I see, I see, gotcha. <laughs> My uh. grandfather um, was a scientist for yeah. Washington University here yeah. in St. Louis. Wow. Um, and I have always been really curious and mm. um, very into the scientific theory. Mm-hmm. Um at least testing things and retesting them. And sure. I think um, I can actually see that. I never even thought of it until you just asked that question. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm always testing and, you know, trying to prove different things with tea. Um, maybe not so scientifically, um, but definitely lending itself to science. I do a lot of experimentation mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. within my business. Sure, yeah. cool. With different herbs and flavor mm-hmm. profiles and preparations. And I like cool. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright. What's a book that you've gifted a lot to people? Mm. Or books? Um, My number one book gift is Healing with Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Um, This book, like, uh, it's a dictionary of every, like, fresh fruit, vegetable, grain, any sort of organic food, individual product. Um, And it has the medicinal benefits of that food Hmm. and so when I first got it I would read the healing with whole foods every I would just have it out at dinner and I would read each individual ingredients and what the properties were of the food Hmm. um and it's just like a very and it has recipes in it um it's uh actually Chinese medicine it's written um Hmm. to support some theories in Chinese medicine um but overall it's just a really great resource for learning more about um, the power that every bite of your food has. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Have you always sort of had this intrinsic uh, interest in food, or did that develop as you grew up? Um. So I guess my my main interest in food is how disconnected we are from food, hmm. um, yeah. and that's something that I saw a lot growing up. I mean, I grew up in Kansas, but my mom is a very holistic. Bean. And mm-hmm. so we were always eating fresh foods and mm-hmm. we were always, um, we were, she was always like making us do legs up the wall pose or something. So, mm. but I noticed like a lot of my friends were always like, you know, eating, um, something I love, which is Kraft macaroni and cheese, but it's awful. <laughs> we would never have that stuff in our house. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, uh, I started I'm sorry, I just got lost in thought. Well, it's okay. No, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, I don't know, just talking about your interest in, mm. in how food treats us. Yeah. And as we, as you said, I like how you put it, our disconnect with food. Yeah. Which is really prevalent in the U.S., I right. feel. Yeah, totally. And I actually saw that a lot when I studied abroad um, and in college. I noticed I couldn't eat enough food. I was living in Florence, Italy, mm. and um, beautiful fresh foods, not Mm. a lot of salt and just like fresh ingredients Mm. and pastas and, um, but I couldn't, my stomach never felt full. Mm. And I realized Mm. at the end of my trip that my stomach, like the fullness that I was expecting after I ate 
was because there was like some chemical processed food that was yeah. making my stomach think it was full or that was hmm. like making me feel yeah. full and hmm. like bloated and, and uncomfortable. Um, and that my whole life, hmm. even though I thought like my whole life I had been eating good, hmm. I, you know, had never eaten a strictly, a strict diet of fresh foods yeah. intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so after doing that and realizing that the impact that it had on me, um, yeah. that, that, I guess that's sort of where what got the wheels turning yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, cool. I mean, are you are you a purist now, or do you still have some things you eat that you definitely probably shouldn't be eating? Oh man, I used to be so snobby about food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you up now. You got a kid now too, and that's yeah. been very difficult as well. No, I know. So when I um I was veg- strict vegetarian for many years, mm. and then I found out I was pregnant and I needed more iron. And sure. so, mm-hmm. and being from Kansas, I actually love meat, particularly beef, mm-hmm. um, just the rarest I can get it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of a really hard thing for me being a vegetarian and loving meat so much because I would go places and like salivate over people's meat. But then I just, <laughs> I, I, you know, had really strong willpower back then. Sure. Um, now I have none of that left. Um, and so, um, I'm not a purist. I would not consider myself a purist. No anymore but I do dabble I do I do I mean I'm I you we tend to be really hard on ourselves when we're not living up to our own internal expectations about what we should be doing but I think like to the general that like the average eater I probably eat really really well (laughs) cool yeah Christine was mostly vegetarian when we first started dating but I corrupted her with bacon Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we became a food blogger and yeah, it's kind of all over now. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. There's there's the same though. We've tried a lot of stuff we wouldn't have tried beforehand. Yeah. Like we never tried mussels really and stuff like that. And like oysters and you know. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, beef's okay with me, but I like eating birds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what why I'm so cruel as little creatures, but I like to eat Mm -hmm. birds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um something about the texture and just the flavors and way the lighter kind of it's not as heavy, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Tasty birds. Yeah. All, All fried up and ready for dunking. Mm. <laughs> See, I just need like a really thick ribeye steak, rare. Mm. I'm good. Mm. Have you ever heard of uh, <laughs> salt block steaks? No. Basically, it's you get a uh, big, thick, thick pink slab of Himalayan rock salt, mm-hmm. and it's it's, it's searingly hot. Mm-hmm. And basically, you give you your steak, and it's, it's just seared on the outside. And you cut it up and put the little bits on the salt block and cook it so you're done as you like, mm. and you eat that. That sounds magical. Yeah, we just had that at. Um, the Rich Holton Grill. Oh, yeah. awesome. It was yeah. very... I was, was that something special that they were doing for the holidays? Or is that like question. on the normal menu? It could have been. I don't... I think it was an off-menu special, but they recommended it, and he had that. Yeah, it's very good. I like yeah. it a lot. Mm. That was cool. Yeah, it sounds mm. awesome. It was neat. Mm. Neat presentation. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. All right. Uh, I guess, Lisa, I have, like, two questions left for you. Okay. Just wrapping it up. Um, where can people find you online mm-hmm. and, and I guess in person or, or to buy your wares. Yeah. Um, our website is retrailertea.com um, or you can find us all over Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, finding me in person is a little harder, harder of a question to nail down since we don't have a retail location. Uh-huh. We run out of a commercial kitchen downtown mm-hmm. that's not open to the public. But yeah. you guys are welcome to come. Actually, Anybody's welcome to come if they, like, send me some notice ahead of time. 
Um, but it's you can't just like walk in, yeah. unfortunately. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, that would be the best place to start. Uh, you can find a list of all of our stockists there. Um, you can browse our proprietary line. Um, and then there's contact information as well. Awesome. Cool. And so just to last question here, do you have any asks or requests of the people listening to us? Oh, um, anything at all. Well, okay, so this is going to air probably in later mid or like, late, probably like, in 2017. Yeah, probably like uh, end of February. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just want to say you made it. Um, Yay. The world is <laughs> not in, didn't end in 2016, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Um, and uh, go easy on yourself. Mm. It's hard out there. Love your loves. And love yourself. Nice. That's it. Yeah, that works. Well, thanks for being interviewed. Thanks for coming over. Thank you for making your tea. This was really fun. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank awesome. you for having me. Nice right. conversation. Yeah. Good job. Oh, yeah. Boom. High five. High five. Boom. Really good at those. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy hearing our random conversations? To ensure that we can keep the randomness up, please help us out by becoming a monthly sponsor to our Patreon account. We have several levels of sponsorship where you can be rewarded with cool stuff. You can donate at patreon.com slash weeatstuff. Thanks. Hey, you guys. Save the date. On Saturday, March 25th, we are going to be teaming up with our friend Joshua Johnson to be teaching a class called Fire and Booze. It's going to be at Lemon Gem in the Grove on Manchester Road at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. This class is gonna be a workshop offered by Hex, and we are going to teach you about drink photography and how to get awesome shots of flaming drinks, which Charlie and I both really enjoy. You know, you know we enjoy our booze. Um, Tickets are $25, and we hope to see you there. Please join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye.